So welcome back to another episode of the podcast, and I've got a guest with me today that has an absolutely amazing story to share. Um, This is Sandra Younger, and Sandra, you've been through some crazy things. Crazy things, Michelle, yes. and, And the part that's so fascinating is you have managed to turn that into not just a personal comeback for you and a discovery of how resilient we really can be, but a message that you have turned into an entire speaking and consulting business built around that. That's right. right. So let's let's start with your story. Um, Your book is called The Fire Outside My Window. Tell us a little bit about what the story there is. It's appropriate that we're talking today because this particular day that we are recording this is the 14th anniversary of the day that the Cedar Fire started. And the Cedar Fire still remains, after all this time, the biggest wildfire in terms of size in California history. I got involved because my husband and I woke up in the middle of the night in the middle of this fire to the site, literally a fire outside our windows. So we had very little time. We had to grab our animals and a few photographs off the dressers and walls and jump into the closest car. And we ended up driving out through smoke and flames to escape. So when I came out of that, because my background was in journalism, I was even at that time a magazine editor, I felt compelled to capture this story for posterity. I was the storyteller who came out of the worst part of the worst fire most people could remember at that time. And that's why I devoted the next 10 years of my life, really, to capturing this story in my book called The Fire Outside My Window. And, you know, sadly, it is every bit as relevant today. We've just seen these horrific fires in Northern California that were so much more destructive in terms of property and lives lost even than this biggest that I was a part of 14 years ago. So that is what started me on this journey of not just writing the book, but then looking at how people come back from disasters and finding out if we can pickle that and share it with other people to help them have an easier time on their comeback journeys. Well, because that, that really is something I think that's common to everyone. We go through, whether it's waking up to fire outside your window or hurricanes or business challenges or relationship challenges, loss of family members, everyone is constantly going through those those challenges in life. And it's not easy sometimes to pick yourself back up. Exactly. Um, Yeah, Yeah, we do. We do somehow. And I know you have a formula for that. You've figured out what those steps are. Can you share a little bit about Uh, What do you do when you're in that space where disaster has hit and you you literally just don't know what to do or where to turn to try to pick yourself back up? Right. And you're so right in that it it comes in so many different ways to all of us. I know you've been in the middle of this um, epic hurricane in Houston where you live and other places as well. And then it can be the personal disasters that strike us from out of the blue when we just had a hard time even imagining how did this happen and where do we go from here? So what I learned in my own um, recovery journey from the fire, we did lose our house and we lost 12 neighbors all around us. Um, So it was devastating. It was a life changer. 
And what I noticed as I came back and I was interviewing so many people, just a couple hundred people probably for my book, was that most people were resolute and upbeat and optimistic. And I think that is how we normally respond. We are going to rebuild. We are not going to be um, leveled by this forever. But there was this minority, Michelle, that fascinated me because they seemed to uh, attach themselves. They seemed to embrace the victim label that the media immediately laid on us. And, and you can even see it now um, in these latest reports, the fire victims in Northern California, the hurricane victims, nice. the earthquake victims, cancer victims. And that is the name that people put on us when something falls out of the sky and, and ruptures our lives. But that is not a name we have to adopt. Mm. I was very adamant that I was not a victim. I was a survivor. As one of my neighbors said, we buried the victims and the rest of us are survivors. But there was a small minority that was very proudly almost attached to this and they would introduce themselves as victims. I am a victim of the Cedar Fire. And I wondered what was it that made the difference, especially because here's the really fascinating part. The, the people who call themselves victims were not necessarily the people who had lost the most in the fire. In fact, the people I talked to who were the most bitter and the most adamant about this victim identity had lost a garage or an office in the fire. And their family members, their animals, their homes were all intact. So I thought, what is going on here? And I realized it was a choice they were making. They were making a choice. And that led me into this research because I wondered what else can we do of our own agency in the wake of disasters to speed our recovery? If we can choose our mindset, our outlook, if we can choose to be survivors, even though we may have huge loss, what else can we do? And I discovered this entire body of research from positive psychology and even dating back to the ancient philosophers, they knew about this. Um, and I, I looked at that research and there are lots of studies and lots of recommendations and I thought, who can remember that much? And I boiled it down into five things that I call the comeback formula. I do, yeah. and that, that's so interesting because I think that is part of the challenge when you go through a disaster, especially if it's something that you feel like you didn't have any control of. Yeah. Sometimes we forget, we might not be able to control what, what happens in life around us, but we can very much control our own choices and our own response exactly. to it. Um, and I love how you've reframed that from victim to survivor, because that's, right. that's me saying, I am a survivor. This is what I choose to be. And taking yes. that control back that life tries to sometimes take away or it can feel like that. Yes. Um, that's that's and such an process. important piece. It's a so, process. Now, so some you, people can't get there right away, but it is available to them. Well, and, and just knowing that there is a process to follow, because sometimes when we go through that, it's hard to even remember that, that you can right. make a choice, that you can look right. at it differently. So I, I can imagine it was fascinating to look back through history and see those common threads in the way different cultures, different philosophers uh, talks about that. What are the five steps that, that people go through? 
the five steps start uh, with, and I call it the comeback formula. They start mm -hmm. with the word come, which to me stands for come to a place of gratitude. For me, gratitude is the starting point. Now, some people, it might take them a little while to find something to be grateful for. Mm -hmm. But in my case, it was easy because I was alive. Yeah. It's interesting. I had lost almost everything I owned except for what was in my car and my office and at the dry cleaners. I was almost entirely mm -hmm. stuffless. But I recognize I'm the same person mm -hmm. and I'm alive and I have my husband and my animals. And that alone was such such a strong reason for gratitude. So that is step number one. If you can find something, however small, to be grateful for, it keeps us from getting stuck in this quicksand of blame and bitterness that will hold us back from healing and growing. Now we have to be there for a while because grief is a process. And if we try to stuff it down and say, oh, I'm good and I'm not affected, then we just... Um, we curtail the process. So that's step number one. And then the next four follow the word back. So B is to believe, first of all, I'm sorry, is to be patient and yet believe that we can come back. So we already kind of covered that patience in that it is a process and it's going to be a mess for a long time. But we can still believe during this process that we can come back because resilience is in our DNA. We are resilient beings. We're part of a resilient universe. This is the survival instinct. And we are resilient by nature. We can count on that and we can at the same time use these principles to build that innate resilience like a muscle. So B is be patient, yet believe you can come back. And then A, A is the hardest one for most people. It's accept help and be tough enough to ask for it if you need it. We don't want to be anybody's charity case. We like to think our, of ourselves as givers, right? Not receivers. Right. Right. But when you've lost everything you own and you're homeless and mm -hmm. you kind of realize, I might need some help right now. Mm -hmm. And this was so hard for me, but a friend took me aside and said, Sandra, your job right now is to be a grateful recipient. And I Why thought, okay, I've got that. So A is to accept the help and ask when you need it. Did you say something? Oh, I just said that's really wise advice. Yeah. Oh, okay. Your image had frozen for a second, but oh. yes, it was such wise advice and it was helpful to me. So see, we, we've already talked about is to choose your response. I like mm -hmm. to say to choose your story because the stories we tell ourselves determine our future. And mm. these people I met who were such victims and proud of it, that was the story they were building for their future. And you know what? I met some of them eight, 10 years down the line mm -hmm. from the fire, and they were still miserable. They mm -hmm. had chosen that story. So we get to choose mm -hmm. our response no matter what happens to us. Mm -hmm. And Kay, the last one is to keep moving forward. And this really involves two steps. It involves gradually detaching from this past that mm -hmm. can't come back and looking forward and embracing the possibilities of a new future, opportunities, possibilities that we would not have had if not for this crisis. Mm. Part of moving forward also involves forgiveness mm. of the people we believe may have caused our pain 
and a lot of times to forgive ourselves as well. So that's it. That's the comeback formula. Come to a place of gratitude, be patient, yet believe you can come back. Accept help, ask for it when you need it. This to me includes faith and trust in supernatural assistance because it's out there for us. C, to choose your response, choose your story. And K, to keep moving forward into that new future that's now available to you. I love that. I know this is the very, very short version of, of the formula. So guys, if you're listening, be sure you go to comebackformula.com and you can get more details about how to go through this formula because I think all of us, we are either in that place or we've been in that place where we need something to guide us through how to come back from a disaster or we know someone who is going through that and needs that. So I encourage you to go, again, it's comebackformula.com. Go and get your copy of this, either for you or for someone you know who could really use a little support and help from someone who can be there and remind them you can make a different choice. It's your story. You're still holding the pen. Regardless of what's happened in life, you get to write that story. So, you know, you've taken what you went through, which a lot of people would would just be crushed by losing everything uh, other than family and, and pets and what's in the car. But you've taken that into something that you were able somehow to make peace enough with to share that because it's hard sometimes to share those stories um, and turn it into something that has allowed you to get out there and help so many other people who are where you've been. Uh, what was that journey like for you? How did you end up saying, okay, I'm going to turn this into what I do for, for my business, for my life purpose? What was that process like? Well, it was as many of us uh, entrepreneurs find. It was uh, a kind of a rocky process and it's still unfolding, right? Um, I knew as I was completing my book, which took way longer than I thought. Sometimes we have no idea. If anyone had told me your book will not come out until the 10 year anniversary of this fire. I would have said, well, forget it. I'll just go do something else. I'm glad I stuck it out because the book has helped a lot of people. And as I was completing the book, I thought, well, what am I going to do now? Mm-hmm. And what I realized I wanted to do was to share this idea of, of boosting our own resilience with people. So I, I took some business training. Mm-hmm. I, I got, I, I kind of took a detour. Um, Michelle, do you know entrepreneurs who took a detour really? <laughs> just, just one detour or are we talking like? <laughs> well, you know what? I got cold feet. Honestly, okay. I, joined, okay. uh, I joined a business mastermind to find mm-hmm. out how can I teach these resilience principles mm-hmm. that I've discovered. And um, I met people that, to me, had much deeper tragedies that they'd overcome. And, you know, in kind of a perversion uh, of that I am not enough story that we tell ourselves, I decided my story wasn't tragic enough because I'd only lost my stuff. And um, then through a series of circumstances, when I when I finally did get the courage to talk about these resilience principles, mm-hmm. I met a woman who came up to me. I spoke to 600 people. She's the only one who followed up. And she said, um, you, your story sounds like my story. And her story was that she had lost a child. And that was the very person I was worried about offending. And here she was right in my face. And I thought, okay, 
I get this message, I need to be speaking about this. So I started looking for more opportunities to speak. Uh, my book was uh, discovered by the fire service community and the emergency management community, and they invited me to speak, and I branched out into doing workshops and, uh, and, and am now building that business, which was where I wanted to be four years ago. Um, sharing these comeback, um, these comeback principles. I'm going to be teaching an online course for emergency responders through San Diego State oh. University. So that's very exciting. And I'm working yeah. even now um, to share the comeback formula workbook with fire survivors in Northern California. So maybe going to do a nonprofit. I'm not sure, but um, I have people who want to sponsor that work for the fire survivors and just have to explore how best to do that. So that's how it all unfolded. It has not been clear, but, but you know, the mandate was always there. And I think sometimes we have to grow into what, what the universe is asking of us because it is scary at first. Absolutely. And that's something that I have lost count of how many times I've had conversations <laughs> with people where they've said, well, this is what I really wanted to do, know, but then but this happened and I heard this and I, I thought maybe I wasn't the right person or I didn't have the right story and people, they get trapped in that. Um, right. You know, there, there's so many reasons that we allow to stop us sometimes right. or delay us from doing what we know that we're here to do That's and what right. we know can be of service to so many people. So. Um, for anybody listening, I want you to, to really think about that. If you're letting things get in your way, maybe it's something that, that like Sandra, you're worried your story wasn't um, big enough or tragic enough or, or whatever that is. But remember that you have your story for a reason. You've been through that for reasons that are bigger than you know. Bigger than you know. And so, Yes, and, and one silver lining of that kind of wandering in the wilderness mm -hmm. that I did was that in the meantime, I realized that the, the entrepreneurs around me in this training needed to tell their story to build yeah. connection and trust with their audience. And because I, I was a journalist, mm -hmm. um, even before I did the book, um, you know, I could help them very easily with their stories. And so I started a business um, helping people tell their comeback stories. And now I have rolled that into um, this resilience work because part of our comeback path may be to share what we've learned with others. And the first step there is to tell our story in a compelling way. So um, that's what I did while I was wandering. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad you wandered down that path because you're right. That is such a huge piece of things. It's, it's something that sometimes we forget how powerful our stories are, but they're really what makes us unique. So, Nobody has the story right. that, that you have, that I have, that everyone listening has. And sometimes we think our stories aren't, you know, they're, they're not the fairy tale fantasy, this huge story, but to the right people, they're exactly the story they need to hear. Exactly, and, Michelle. Yeah, mm -hmm. and, and being able to share that. I think when we were chatting a minute ago, you used the phrase, the world changers path. And I love that idea um, because part of that really is making peace with your story enough to be able to get out there and tell it. So 
when you're coaching entrepreneurs through that and helping them to figure out what is that story, how do they share it, which pieces of it do they share, um, what's your favorite part of that process? Oh, my favorite part is being the objective observer who can show people how powerful their stories are. And a lot of times the, the ahas that, that occur come from when I can see dots that connect in their story that they've never seen for themselves. And oftentimes people will say to me, oh my gosh, I never realized that. I never realized that this experience I had as a child was so formative that it, you know, it has trickled down through my life and affected me today, or I never realized how this project that I did over here was similar to this, or this response to this was similar to that. And it all becomes cohesive and understandable. And we create a narrative arc for their signature story that really condenses their, their life and their their life's passion into just one page and people are blown away by this and they come to realize how beautiful their story is and how perfect it is for their audience because we crafted of course specifically for their audience mm -hmm. and they realize that even though they may not have a story of driving down a mountain through smoke and fire and I hope they don't my gosh yeah. their story is exactly the right story for their audience yeah. That's the beautiful part. It's just that realization that people have about mm. how perfect and powerful their story is. I love that. It, it is a very empowering thing when you realize you, you have the stories you can share that really connect with others. And uh, yes, yeah, very cool. So I, I can imagine that's, that's got to be an amazing moment watching those dots get connected and people have that realization because you know from your own work what the domino effect is the, that then happens for them when they go out and share that story, the people that they're right. able to help and inspire, and the way that it really does change your business because when you find that story, the right people start to come to you in your business. Exactly, exactly, and especially when you craft it um, strategically so that even if you're experienced with something different, the uh, the emotions that the emotional experience might have been the mm -hmm. same um, that you might have maybe you had a business failure I worked with a client just yesterday he had lost a business mm -hmm. now he's a fitness coach and he's helping people lose weight who have tried and failed and tried and failed before mm -hmm. and so even though that wasn't his exact story we're relating this feeling of <sighs> failure and what is the point of trying again mm. to the feelings that his clients have about their their health and fitness goals so that is a beautiful connection and it's always yeah. there but it's so hard for us to see it ourselves yeah. because we can't see what's on the tip of our own nose right uh, you know i've got a friend that says your brilliance is in your blind spot and i think the same <laughs> thing is true of that's sometimes so our best stories we really don't even see the connection but that's that's a great example because, you know, I, I've, I've got my own, <laughs> my own story with weight loss and health issues and all of that. And it's one of those things that if you can step back outside of where you're at and see that other people are going through those same emotions, those same feelings, and it's really common to humanity, it helps you to be able to deal with it. 
Right, yeah, exactly. Absolutely. And it gives you a lot of hope because you yeah. see other people have overcome right. this and I can overcome mine. And, you know, but people don't have confidence in their stories. People mm -hmm. will say to me, well, my story's boring or right. I don't even have a story or my story's too messy to tell. Mm -hmm. And that's where mm -hmm. a, a, someone who really understands story structure can help you craft it appropriately so it's powerful without feeling awkward on either side so these are all reasons that people tell me they don't tell their stories and they're they're all um overcomable is that a word i'm not yes. sure overcomable <laughs> it should be if it's not it should oh, be i love that and and that is something that it can help so much to have somebody else talk you through those pieces help you see it because i know from working with clients they'll throw things out just you know at, at side comments off the top of their head that they're not even realizing what a cool story that is and i want to hear the rest of the story um, we don't realize yeah, yeah we don't realize sometimes yeah, the yeah, stories we've got so if somebody wants to get in touch with you about the story piece of things what's the best way for them to reach out you know, there is, if they go to that uh, comebackformula.com, okay. they will be directed to a page on my website okay. where they can download their gift, mm -hmm. and uh, there's a link to, to buy the fire outside my window as well, and there's also a link to get on my calendar if they would like okay. to talk with me about either um, the entire resilience mm -hmm. uh, journey, the comeback journey, okay. or perhaps telling their comeback story for... Um, of the journey they've already taken thus far. Okay, awesome. So guys, if you don't have your story yet, or you think you have parts of it, but you're not really sure which parts to share, I encourage you to go again, comebackformula.com is the website to go to, and reach out to Sandra, have a conversation with her uh, about your story, about what you can share, um, because it is such a powerful piece in your business that will such really help people connect to you, relate to you, and understand why you do what you do. That's, That's the, the key to it. Uh, and if you know anyone, again, who's going through those disaster moments in life, whether it's relationship or business or natural disasters, um, get a copy of Comeback Formula, share that with them, send them to the website. If you know organizations that could benefit from this, connect them with Sandra so that she can reach more people with this message because it makes a huge difference just to know you can make a different choice. You don't have to choose to be a victim. You can so choose true. instead to be a survivor. So I love, I love that message. Thank you so much for coming on for a few minutes today to share that. My pleasure, Michelle. Thank you. And sure. thanks to all your listeners and viewers. Thanks, guys, for tuning in today. Be sure that you click subscribe, whether you're listening to audio on iTunes or watching this uh, on video. Make sure you get subscribed so you can get access to the next episode of this podcast when it comes out. And check out the show notes below the video. You'll find the links that we talked about today, the uh, title of Sandra's book, and more details on how you can connect with her to find your story, tell your story, or to come back from whatever life has thrown at you because it is always your choice. So thank you again, Sandra, for being with us and thank you everybody for tuning in.